Slopes. Welcome to another episode of A Slippery Slope. Are we going to call our listeners Slopeheads? Hey, Slopeheads! Uh, we could. <laughs> I think that might be, there might be a problem with that, though. I, I'm not sure. I think slope might be a derogatory term for some group, but I, I, I'm not sure. I'll have to do some research on that. Uh, well, it probably is. I yeah. probably insulted somebody being, yeah. being trying to be funny. You trying know how it is when you try and be funny, yes. you're going to insult somebody. Okay, I, I hope that's not the case. <laughs> I'll, um, we'll look into it and get I, back I to you. I meant yeah, <laughs> it in the most, you know, fun way. Like, you know, like Devo and Mongoloids and Slopeheads. And Slopeheads are like mopeds, but only Slopeheads. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Um, um, I'll stop now. Well, we could call them slippery bastards, but that that might offend some people also. So <laughs> I, I'm not sure about that either. <laughs> yeah, that that yeah, <laughs> that just sounds kind of funky. What slippery bastards? Slippery, but ba- hey, you slippery bastards, how you doing? <laughs> Sorry, folks. Sorry. We anyway, we, we'll apologize ahead of time before we get any bad sure. email for for everything we say. On on this podcast, sure. let's just apologize now. Yes. We'll just have a we'll get we'll get those apology. we'll get those out of the way right off the bat and uh, move yes. on with our lives. Well, hey, it's Mark Browner. How are you doing, man? Well, hi. Yes, you got my name right. <laughs> of course, <I> did. <laughs> you always get my name right. And I've, I've hey. only known you forever. Yeah, that's true. At least for <laughs> 16 years? Yeah, somewhere around there. Wow. Okay. And you are Lodger. I am. Wow. I'm Lodger than life. <laughs> Lodger than life. <laughs> I think I've heard that somewhere before. I probably. Hey, it's, it's, I, I almost said, hey, it's Loop TV. <laughs> it's catching. <laughs> I know. Hey, it's, it's a, it, a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. <laughs> and we're on it. <laughs> Oh yes, I'm yes sliding. indeed. And I, yeah, I think you can tell by this introduction why the show is called that. <laughs> yes, we've we've devolved into something quite unexpected. Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen on the show tonight, man? Uh, we've got we've got a lot of things going on. Uh, we won't, you know, there's some things we need to talk about. Uh, I don't know if we need to, but we want to. Because they're fun yeah. and they're interesting, and I think our audience will enjoy it. If they've listened past episode two to episode three, which is what this episode is right now, episode three. What do you know about that? It is. It I, is. I'm who pretty knew? excited. Yes, who knew? Who knew that who knew we would make it to three? <laughs> yes. <laughs> who would have thunk it? It's amazing. I'm... I'm I'm happy, and and I'm happy to have you as my co-host again for this wonderful show, as we did back in the days of Lube TV, which uh, if there are people out there that still don't know what Lube TV is, you can go to our website, ltvpod.com, and watch episode 100, which gives you a good overview of what that show was all about. And That's we, true. And we, on this show, continuing that philosophy... So not necessarily the same format, obviously. This is audio only. We're not showing videos, but we hope that we can carry that same spirit to you, the the listening people out there. That spirit of lubricating the social environment. That's it. Of trying to make things good and fun and have a good time and just everybody getting along and enjoying it. 
Absolutely. And kind of kind of like an orgy. <laughs> it is. It's a it's an it's an, an, it's an orgy auditory orgy. It's an auditory orgy. Wow, that should be on a t-shirt right there. Right. <laughs> What's that dripping out of your ear canal? Never mind. <laughs> Oh, oh, it went down. That was a slippery slope indeed. Oh, it went boy. downhill so fast. I'm sorry, man. We, we were we were we were trying to be so professional in episode one and two and we've already we've already slipped. We have slipped. Oh man. And descending. Oh. All right. Yes, indeed. But anyway. So anyway, what have you been what have you been up to? What's been going on, man? I haven't talked to you really in depth for a couple weeks. Uh that's true since since we last taped episode two, that's true. I don't think we've even hung out uh, together. Uh, we I, haven't. I have. I have been busy and and not feeling great, and you okay. know all those fun things that keep you from doing life. And so, but I missed talking to you and hanging out. Well, I I miss talking to you too. And uh, so let me see. Sierra and I went and saw another show, another uh, musical listening show. A live performance? Uh, uh, yes, Sierra and I went and saw a live performance of some music. <laughs> this is not going to be anything left of the show after you get done yeah, editing we'll, out all the bad parts. We'll edit out all the shit. Uh, yeah, sometimes oh, when I say, okay, it, you know, don't believe me when I say I'm going to edit things out because I, I, I may not. But um, anyway, it wasn't. Well, you only have a week's only so long. You only have so much time. That's true. Oh. Well, um, okay, what happened is um, last Saturday, Sierra bought us some reserved seats to the uh, Saxon Pub, and we went to see Nakia perform. Now, if you've never heard of Nakia, he was a finalist on that TV show, The Voice. Uh, he's kind uh -huh. of a yeah, he's kind of a soul singer, soul blues kind of a deal, and he's been he's been kind of off the map for a little while. I think he was having some health problems with his throat or something. And mm. uh, so he's been kind of off the radar for a while. And so he made kind of a triumphant return and he decided to do it at the Saxon Pub. This isn't the, the first time that Sierra and I have actually seen him perform. We've seen him one time at the Saxon Pub. We also saw him uh, with Akina Adderley who is another female soul blues singer and uh, saw saw them performing together at the Mohawk. And then one time we went to the Gibson showroom. It was kind of a special event where it was a performance where there was only maybe 25 people in the audience and everybody came there and had a meal and then listened to Nakia perform. The Gibson showroom yeah. is... A place on South Congress where they sell, you know, high-end Gibson guitars, but they also have a stage there to where they can have live performances on a regular basis. I've only been there once. So it's it's not the uh, it's not the Gibson Bar. No, There's, isn't there a bar called Gibson on South Fur? No, on Lamar. Maybe. I, so this I, is different. I've never been there. Yes, oh, this okay. is different. It's there. called the Gibson Showroom. Just kind of a high-end showroom for musical instruments with a music wow. venue attached. So pretty, uh, hmm, cool. pretty cool. I, that that was an enjoyable thing. Anyway, so so let me ask you this: 
Because I've only been to the Saxon Pub, I think, one time. And so I didn't realize there's – is it a venue where there's seats? Yeah, yeah. They've got uh, tables and, you know, a full bar there. Right. Yeah, but – I guess know, it just – You can't fit a lot of people in there, but they well, managed, that's what I they managed I to pack quite small. a few. Because they have, like – Wow. They have small, uh, you know, tall tables with tall stools against each wall. And then in the middle of the floor, they've got lots of small tables where people can sit. And we actually reserved one of the tables right in front of the stage. So we had unobstructed view and, and good good listening environment right there. But, uh, well, yeah, it, cool. was, it was a full house to be sure. So I, I don't know how many people yeah. they can fit, but I don't know, maybe 100 people just packing them wow. in. Wow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would yeah, I could see that. That would be pretty packed though, because I yeah, when but, I remember when I went there, it wasn't that big. We just went one afternoon and had some drinks. I can't even remember who I was with now. Maybe you, um, and that's possible. Uh, so I remember it being you know a decent sized place, but not huge by any means. So no, not at all. Um, it's uh, that would I, be an intimate performance. Yeah, definitely. Um, and <laughs> anybody out there in the audience who've never who's never heard of the Saxon Pub, it's on South Lamar, and it's been in business since 1990. What is that? 26 years. So they've been around wow. a while. They've been ho- hosting a lot of a lot of good music, a lot of good music. I remember going there in the 90s when he's kind of a country blues artist, uh, Rusty Weir. Used to play there every mm-hmm. Thursday night. I've heard of him? Yeah, he used to perform there every Thursday night, and uh, it was just him and his guitar and a glass of whiskey, or was it? <laughs> it might have been scotch. I don't know, but I, I just remember that. Yeah, that that bartender was steady, bringing him his his scotch. You know, every every <laughs> fifteen minutes, man. He he was drinking a All lot. Right. Um, Rusty, Every third or fourth song. Well, yeah, Rusty's no longer with <laughs> us, but uh, his music lives forever. Hmm. Yeah, I do remember that name, but I don't think I ever saw him or heard his music. I just know that name. I'm sure he played in Houston when I was in Houston in the 90s and, uh, as well. So I've seen that yeah. name in like uh, local newspapers and stuff. The In Houston, it's the Houston Press, I think. Yeah, he, uh, which is like the Austin Chronicle. Oh, okay. Rusty Weir, I think, went to the Merle Haggard School of Hard Living because he <laughs> uh, he drank hard and he and he lived hard. And uh, right, he almost kind of looked a little like Merle Haggard too. So they were both kind of haggard. <laughs> yeah, that name kind of fit Merle, I think. You know. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a chicken. Hey, that made and, me. It, it was a chicken and egg thing. It was like uh, which right. came first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the name or the man. Yeah. Right, right. Hey, so that made me think of something. Are you? Is that your full story, or was there more to that? I think I I, I pretty much shot my wad there. Okay. Well, when you <laughs> mentioned the Saxon sorry Pub, slippery had, slopes, had around, yeah, it is indeed. When, let me let me ejaculate something here. <laughs> when when you mentioned <laughs> when you mentioned slippery uh, um, Saxon Pub had been around for 26 years, it just made me think of all the places here in Austin that are have been around for a long time. And of course, when you hear someplace has been here 26 years in Austin lately, your first thought is, gee, I wonder how much longer before they sell that property and build condos there and Saxon Pub is no more. Um, yes. Be- because 
that is happening to um, End of an Ear, one of the best record stores here in Austin. Oh, you're and, kidding. Um, they're sold, you know where End of the Ear, Ear is. It's, in, it's on South First. It's in a little complex where there's a couple other uh, retro stores. And, of course, End of an Ear is vinyl and CDs and, and uh, turntables. And, and so do they, they also sell that, like VHS? That, they do VHS and DVDs and yeah, just a lot of cool stuff there. It's a really cool place. Right. Um, so they're so they've sold that property and they're going to build storage units there, which is the just makes you want to hurt uh, yourself. It's so disgusting. That that um, that is a tragic story. Storage units, storage units for yeah. all the. All the fuckers that are in the high-rise uh, apartments, right? That and are, the condos right next door or whatever, right. yeah. The condos that are eating but, up other music venues and things like that. Right. The good news is they've found another location. They're, they're going to move into a, a location uh, somewhere in South Austin, and they haven't said yet, at, at, at the time we're taping this, they haven't said yet exactly where it's going to be. But they're going to, be, they're going to stay around, and they're going to have a better location. And uh, I don't know if they're buying their own building or leasing it, but they're, okay. they seem to be excited about the new location. So that's exciting that they're still going to be here. But it's, fr you know, it's one of the frustrating things about living in Austin um, – is sometimes those really cool little interesting unique places get swallowed up um by urban progress for yeah. lack of a well, better term with, you know well with the constant influx of people moving in i mean they they all have to live somewhere and so that's where these high rises are coming in and and and, and right. condos yeah. etc but and uh, i know there are some yeah. people who have owned land here or properties here you know whoever owns the property where end of veneer was probably sold it for a great price they probably did really well in that I, in I'm that sure transaction they, i'm sure they did and know? i'm sure their property taxes are going to be a lot lower in the new location anyway so probably yeah that's I'm, true too i'm sure it's getting so. difficult to make a profit when your property taxes go up and up and up every year you know right so, right so it's uh so good for end of an ear that you know they're going to continue just going to be in a different location yeah excuse, i'm excited me. to see what happens where they go what you know where their new place is and what it's like because they've right. ex where they were they had kind of expanded it uh over the last few uh, year or so, they've kind of expanded it, and and I actually haven't been in there for about six months. I need to go again because um, uh, I can't. Uh, they're closing very soon. It's within the next couple weeks, I think. Um, um, okay. Doesn't uh, Matt Lockamat work there? As far as I know, he's still there. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. I I, I see him so. post something ab about that every now and again. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I, and End of Veneer, you can of course they're on Instagram and and Facebook and uh, also Twitter I think too, and it's kind of cool because sometimes they will post like on Instagram or Facebook they'll post videos of uh, new you know they buy records of course to resell and they'll post videos of this new stock that's come in. Oh really? And it's really cool. It's just yeah. To just to all give, kinds of interesting records. Uh, to give you a glimpse of what you could potentially purchase. Right. What's available. Oh. What just came in. Sounds good. Like a so that's cool. wet, wet your appetite. All yes. Right. And Three... sometimes very interesting stuff. Okay. We need to – let's make a trip there one of these days soon. Just – well. Yeah. Well, when they're in their new location, I guess. When are they moving out of their uh, First Street location? I, I um... I feel like something they posted the other day said within the next 
few weeks, maybe the end of June, maybe not even that long. Um, it seemed like it was going to happen very soon, but um, uh, and and you know I, I'd have to look at it again. I can't remember, but yeah, it might be a couple weeks. I mean, there might be time to stop by there. Yes, folks. Before before they go, end of an ear where you can get your vintage music purchases. <laughs> it's an end of an era at end of an ear. <laughs> wow, I like it. I mean, it almost sounded like we were doing a commercial for him, so why not? Hey, we'd like to see places like that stay here. Absolutely. That's a place that I, you know, I love and I love going. And and, um, that's, you know, another one of those places that, although there are similar stores in other places, it's a really unique store and and pretty much unlike any other place I've ever been um, in any record store. um, I know there are others like it, but it's very, it's more than just like a used record store. There's a lot more to it. They just have a lot of cool stuff there and a very cool vibe there too. Okay. Well, I'm sold. Let's go. (laughs) Austin. Hell yeah. And and all of Austin, you go too. And out, out of towners go there as well. Yeah. It's definitely a cool place to go when you come in town for for a, a music event or something and you're kind of looking for something to do one afternoon. Well, yeah. usually during a music events, they'll have bands play there. I mean, during South by and, and even ACL, I think sometimes they will have in stores. That's great. All that's, day that's, on a few of the days. Sure. Yeah. That's reminiscent of what, you know, tower records used to do on the drag. Yeah. 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 What Waterloo still does too. Yeah. That's true. Okay. That was my hype Austin moment. Well, that's great. <laughs> I mean, uh, we need to do more of it. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, something that I, I heard when I was editing episode one, I, I made a gross, mm-hmm. gross error in uh, grammar. So, uh, Oh, gross dude. <laughs> I said that, uh, Evan Coolsvard had made up a song contemporaneously while he was on the show. Obviously, what I meant to say, extemporaneously. So that's the correction I wanted to make. So there you go. Because I know, I know there's, I know there's one person out there that's going, that, that fucker, he screwed up. He said the wrong (laughs) word. (laughs) I didn't even catch it. And I, I didn't catch it when I listened to it either. So you said cont- contemporaneously? What did you say? <laughs> yeah, that that's what happens to me when I when I try to talk off the cuff. I'll I'll just throw out a word because it sounds kind of like yeah. sounds kind of like the right one, but it's not. <laughs> oh well. Consi- oh well. Consi- I don't know where consider Evan that is. a correction. I don't know either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. We should. Track- uh, yeah, I don't know where Evan is. We should track him down and get him to come on and play for us or something. That was fun. His Yeah, that's definitely an episode that I know we keep talking about putting up some more episodes. The episode he was on where he, he played three or four, well, probably five or six songs. Three or four were songs he had written specifically, which were very, uh, which I loved. And right. then he, he kind of, um, he kind of, um, what what's the word? I can't think of it now when you just kind of make up something as you go along. Um, he ex- extemporaneized? No, that's not a word. <laughs> he imp- he uh, improvised. 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 He improvised some songs based on us just throwing ideas out at him and things like that. That's um, exactly right. But yeah. That's where... That, ex- that's a cool his, episode. Yeah. He created a song, Extempore. <laughs> <laughs> I was I waiting for the real. It is. I don't think that's a real it is. term, it, is it? It's an archaic oh. it's an archaic use. 
but it's oh. real, man. It's it it's you'd real. Have, you'd have to go back to like Catherine the Great to really hear someone say that or something. <laughs> Probably. And by the way, not to get off on a slippery slope tangent, but well, you was know. Catherine really that great? I don't think she was really <laughs> that great. <laughs> she was kind of Catherine the meh. <laughs> <laughs> But that's just my opinion. Yes, it is your opinion, but it, it might be correct. <laughs> there are going to be lots of mistakes on this show, Mark. Uh, you know I, that, right? This is going to be this is going to be a hard. It's going to be a hard edit, man. Going to be a hard edit. It is. It is. I just meant in general. There's going to be a lot of mistakes on this show as time goes on. You oh. know, I don't know if you really need to apologize for all of them no, that we I, make because I it just... could go. That could be. No, the I first know. Fifteen minutes of the, every show will be the apologies and and True. mistake fixing from the show before. Yeah, we, we we could be we could be starting a a terrible precedent where all of a sudden right. people are emailing us uh, reams of of corrections that we need to uh, make. Don't want that. It was like don't that when I that. when I had yeah we don't need that. When I had my website, you know, I, I would write, you know, we talked a couple episodes ago about how I would see um, three or four movies in a week. And then I would write reviews of those movies and post them on the website I had at the time, File 13. Yes. Well, I, you know, when you're writing that much and holding down, a, seeing that many movies, writing that much and holding down a full-time job, I, dude, I couldn't, I, you know, I had autocorrect, but it didn't correct everything. <laughs> and of I would get not. people send me these nasty Nazi grammar letters and emails and stuff about how I'd misspelled something or said something wrong or whatever. And I'm really? like, dude, I, yeah. Oh yeah. When I, when I wrote those reviews, they were my immediate spontaneous reaction to those movies. So, right. Kind of like my, you know, I did, my I, yeah. Like my drunk, uh, drunken, uh, what's her name in the machine <laughs> impression. Florence in the machine. Impression. Yeah. Florence exactly. in the machine. You know, I would just sit down on my computer after I saw a movie and just and just type up a review and and I didn't really edit it a lot. I didn't go back and reread it for corrections and mistakes or any of that stuff. I just uh, I would just put it out there and it was like this is my immediate response to seeing this movie. Uh, it, it's raw. Take it as for what it is. You know. It was a. And I think that's. Oh. It was like a brain dump. It was kind of like a brain dump, yes. I'm, yes. I, I don't mean that it was, in a, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean in the sense that you wanted to get what was in your brain onto the page as quickly as possible, so that it would it would it would maintain that that freshness. Yes, yeah. So it would be that immediate reaction, you know. Exactly. It's funny because now that we're talking about this, one of the things I I was thinking I wanted to talk about on this episode was some movies I saw recently. Okay. On DVD. Oh, on DVD. And are, are we talking yeah. about new movies or, or classic movies or, or what? Well, this is actually – actually, the one I – what I saw this last weekend, what I watched was there's a director named Whit Stillman, and he uh, directed three movies in the 90s. The first one was called Cosmopolitan, then Barcelona, and the third was The Last Days of Disco. And it's considered mm. a trilogy, although it's a very loose trilogy. Um, Last Days of Disco being of, the third? The third one, yeah. Okay. And Last Days of Disco is a great movie and one of my favorite. It's got Chloe uh, Sevigny. Yes. Who I used to call Chloe Savini. 
Yeah, I used to well. call her Chloe Savini because I couldn't <laughs> pronounce her last name. It wasn't it wasn't until I had called her that for four or five years that I heard someone else actually say her name because all I had done is read it up until that point. And, um, right. and I was like, oh, it's Sevigny. It's not Savini. Anyway, I think I think, um, I, think so I used beautiful. to I used to refer to her as, as Savigny or something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. She's. So beautiful. Oh, my God. In this movie, she's so gorgeous. Uh, I just was like, oh, anyway, and the, and me doing that. So, uh, <laughs> she, so was, she was in several seasons of American Horror Story, wasn't she also? Is she? Uh, I don't know. I don't watch yeah. that show. Oh, I'll, OK. Whatever. She's been in a lot of stuff. She's been, you know, she's in uh, kids, the movie Kids. She was on. She did a couple episodes of Louis, uh, Louis C.K.'s show on FX. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, she's one of those actresses that people either know her or they don't, but, um, I just think she's a fantastic actress and in last days of disco, she's a fantastic actress and she just looks stunning. I mean, she just looks perfect in every frame. Anyway, um, one of the people who's in, in the movie also is, um, Oh, he's an actor with three names (laughs) and he was on house. He played house's best friend. And it's like, okay. his name is Patrick, Sean Patrick. Uh, what is his name? Um, now I'm going to have to Google it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I told, I now, oh, Sean Patrick Leonard? I can't remember. Anyway, whoever he is, in the review I wrote, I totally, totally called him by the an, another actor's name, whoever oh. the actor that was in Powder is, which I think is Robert Sean Leonard. Okay. And he's some... And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even know I was saying the wrong actors in this movie until I read the review of it, uh, you know, 20 years later. Oh, really? You mean it went uncorrected that long? It did. Yeah, it's still on the Wayback Machine file 13. Okay. Um, It's it's still the wrong actor's name. What did you call him? Robert Robert Louis Stevenson? Something. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) C. Thomas Howell. Ah yes, yes. No, oh my I, I know. God. I know the ever... guy you're talking about. Uh, but uh... Have, have you have his his real name? No, C. Thomas Howell's another guy. Have you ever no, said C. Thomas Howell's name out loud? Oh my God, I don't think I've ever said it out loud before. Hey, <laughs> you what happens when you what happens when you fuck Thomas in the ass? You see Thomas Howell. <laughs> <laughs> That's both uh, okay, so wonderful I, <laughs> and horrible all at the same time. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, Robert. Uh, it's just funny. Oh, I don't think yeah. I, You're talking about Robert Sean Leonard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was that who was in Powder? Uh, no, that's the one that was in uh, House. Robert Sean Robert Leonard. Robert Sean Leonard. Yes. And I called him by the name of the person who was in Powder, which I think is oh. Sean Robert Patrick or <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, and I was just yeah, like, oh, right. I, to- I, to- I totally got it wrong. Um, but anyway, yeah, when you were was... talking about making, when we we're talking about making mistakes, I was like, that was a doozy that's twenty years old. And I, oh, you're talking I just about got it yesterday. Sean Patrick Flannery was in Powder. Sean Patrick Powder. Flannery was in Powder. Right, that's what I called him in the review, but it was really Robert Sean Leonard. <laughs> yes. Uh, whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll go with that. Uh, all right. Anyway, no, that was, uh, now, po- yeah, that was Robert the, Sean. The po- Robert Sean Leonard was in house. 
Robert Sean Leonard was in house and he's also in Last Days of Disco. Okay. Um, which also in Last Days of Disco, um, Kate Beckinsale, um, uh, Mackenzie Aston. Uh, I feel like there's a couple other famous people who are in there that you're like, wow, these they these were when before they were famous pretty much. Wow. Um any relation to Sean Aston? Yeah, that's Sean Aston's brother, Mackenzie Aston. It's oh, it's John really? Aston and Patty Duke's sons. Yes. Wow. Yeah, Mackenzie Mackenzie Aston because I know everything about um, the Aston family television. Oh, okay. <laughs> about, um, <laughs> Mackenzie Aston was in was actually in that show with the girls. Um, One day at like a time. Tootie and Natalie. No, Tootie and Natalie and. <laughs> Oh, what was um, that show? Give me yeah, different strokes. Uh, Mrs. Garrett. Oh no, um, no. <laughs> uh, um, oh, any other day I could just um, rattle it off. Uh, white Garrett. people in oh, school. Girls. <laughs> uh, what was that show called? Oh my um, God, that's gonna drive me nuts. I'm I'm gonna uh, have to have Google open while I'm talking on this show from now on. Was it called um, Private School Girls? No, that was a porn I saw yes, years no, ago. Yes, no, that was a, that was okay. totally different, totally different vibe, man. Okay, yeah, totally I think different you're right. head, totally different totally, head, totally. Um, anyway, Mackenzie, <laughs> you know, you remember how? I don't know if you watched the show with the girls, whatever that was called with Miss Yes, Garrett. I did. I don't. Uh, <laughs> different uh, pickles, because you you remember yeah. how. No, I can't. As they got older, as they got older, they bought like a like a candy store or something that they ran. Oh man! You remember man. that part of the show? That's a shark jump and then moment. George, and then uh, George Clooney was on it for a while when he was young, playing wow. like a neighbor or something. And oh. Mackenzie Austin was on it as he he played a I think he was a runaway or something that they ended up taking in, and he oh. worked in the store with him, and he was in he was like. 13 or 14 when he was on that show. Anyway, he's in wow. Last Days of Disco. Okay. And huh. anyway, I would highly recommend the Whit Stillman trilogy. Those three movies, especially the first and last one. Metropolitan is amazing. I hadn't seen it before. Um, it, it's 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 set in, it's made in 1990. It's set in like the late 80s. And it's just this group of friends. It's a group of friends who are in New York and and they come home for the Christmas vacation and they start going to these like debutante balls. But by this point, of course, in the 90s uh, or late 80s, debutante balls aren't really what they used to be. They're, um, yeah, and, passe, kind of a, a yeah, anachronism really, at that point. Facts of Life was the right. show. Anyway, sorry. Facts of Life. <laughs> Thank you. With the so, anyway, private school and, girls, yes. Yes. With um, with So in Cosmopolitan, mainly it's just – it's really about this group of friends and one of the guys is a new guy that they meet and he kind of comes into this group of friends who all kind of he, except for the new guy they all kind of have money they're slightly in want to be intellectual college kids it's very woody allen-esque it's just there it's just a lot of dialogue and and mm. things like that and it's about right. uh, i don't it, it's a, but it's in very interesting really unique movie um and so that's that was really good. Barcelona is not my favorite. It was okay. And then Last Days of Disco is just a, a knockout punch, man. Okay, so Especially M- Metropolitan love, was the first one? Yeah. Okay. And you can buy it as as three DVDs as the Whit Stillman trilogy. Oh, and and but that's Last Days one of, of your Disco, purchases. Yeah, that's one of the things I got this. Uh, I got it last weekend and watched it over the weekend. Um, Sweet. Last Days of 
disco. I saw it when it came out at the theater, which was 1998. And at that point, the disco revival really hadn't happened yet. Disco was still kind of like that 70s thing that nobody talked about. Anymore. And in Last Days of Disco, they yeah, Last Days of Disco, they used music from like the it was it, it wasn't any Bee Gees or Donna Summer. It was more like that Philadelphia disco sound so like the ojs and um oh okay uh, oh, uh-huh. very very cool music and from the minute and so the first 45 minutes of the movie is kind of set in this in this disco which is very studio 54-esque although they don't call it that um right. and the music is just so fantastic that you just want to get up and dance while you're watching the movie and when it came out in 98 you hadn't heard that music for 20 years because no one had been playing it now you hear it all the time because it's right. really come back into favor but mm-hmm. at the time when that movie came out it was it was it kind of like this forgotten you know, people think thought about disco. You think about Saturday Night Fever and Donna Summer and exactly. the Bee Gees and sure, that kind the, of stuff. And this is the stereotypical disco that you know. Yeah, and this is much better. Well, not that okay. that music's bad. I love that music too. But this is just the soundtrack's freaking amazing, uh, and the movie's really good too. And plus, it's got young Kate Beckinsale, young uh, Chloe Savini looking fantastic. Right. Well, that's um, that's worth it right there. <laughs> oh, to me, yeah. She wears this kind of uh, glittery tube top that you're just like, oh my. She <laughs> she just looks sexy throughout well, the whole friggin' movie. It's well, a, I think Chloe Chloe Sevigny as an actress is not afraid to take chances. Did I call her Chloe Savini just a second ago? I think I did. Um, <laughs> she isn't. She's we, one of my favorite actresses. Right. Um, have you ever seen a movie called The Brown Bunny? No. She. She is in that. Do you know? Do you remember Vincent Gallo? He made Buffalo '66. Oh yeah, who can forget him, man? Yeah. <laughs> once, yeah. You, once you've seen something that he's he's put out, you you never forget it. It's so 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 dark. Yeah, and, he's and Dirty. So well, well, that's funny you say that because in the Brown Bunny, uh, Chloe Savini's in it, and she and she gives him oral sex in the movie, and it is not simulated. Oh, it is real, she is really performing oral sex on him in that oh, movie. They and must be a, on one of those really, lists. <laughs> oh, yeah. One of those lists where really, people in the movies who weren't acting, they were actually having sex. Yes, because you, you, I mean, it would be incredible CGI if she really wasn't, because it's obvious. It's there's there's no there's no sly camera angles or you know I mean it's graphic isn't 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 that isn't that in vincent gallo's writer that every movie that he's in he gets a (laughs) blowjob he gets a blowjob a real one um i don't know but (laughs) well sure why why it's always it's written yes it's part of his contract always wouldn't you but um it's funny because uh she's it's a really dark great movie and that is the there's that is actually in it's really I don't want to say it's integral, but I mean it's it it just it just adds to that movie the whole psyche of it. It's a really odd, interesting movie, and mm. uh, and that's and that that part of it is the the just the icing on the cake or whatever. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's like the movie's fantastic anyway. That scene is an intense and kind of dark scene, and it just. It, puts the capper on that movie it's 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 an amazing movie which i really love okay um, no spoilers then it was funny because so what's fun 
what's interesting is once I saw Last Day of Disco, I, anytime I see a movie like that, I usually look it up on Wikipedia and read some stuff about it. And I happened to think about the Brown Bunny, so I looked at that at Wikipedia, and then I was like, has Vincent Gallo made a movie since then? Because Brown Bunny was probably 2004, 2003. Yeah. And uh, I look, I looked on Wikipedia. He made a movie called, and it, I think it's called It's Written with Water or it's written on water or something like that. And it showed at a couple film festivals and got horrible reviews and he pulled it and has never shown it again. Oh really? Huh. And has it has, has only made short films since then. Interesting. So yeah, that's so weird. that's a movie. That's a movie. So now of course I want to see it. It's like how, how, what, you know, once you can't see a movie that really makes me want to see it. That movie and the day the clown died by, yeah, uh, Jerry or the Lewis. Clown cried, whichever it is, by Jerry Lewis. Not died. Oh yeah, man, cried. it's cried. Yeah, that yeah. that wouldn't that be a treat to see that movie? Yeah, I I well, it, oh. it certainly won't be seen in uh, until Jerry Lewis dies, or what's it supposed to be? So many years after he dies, it it possibly could be seen. <clears throat> He gave all of his uh, he gave all of his uh, movies or whatever, you know, to um, some college or um, something like that, you know, some depository. And um, and one of the conditions was that that movie wouldn't be seen for 10 years or maybe all of his movies. I don't know. But so there's this idea that it might be shown in. And I think he just did that this year. So there's this idea that it might be shown in. 2025 or 2026 but there's no real hmm. indication that that would really happen because right because even though he gave his copy to this college or university or whoever it was they don't really have the rights to it they just own a physical copy of it supposedly oh, okay so, so he obviously so wants it to be kept for posterity he just doesn't necessarily want anybody to see it <laughs> Right. Uh, it's know. when I hear something like that where it could be shown in 2026 that I suddenly get the will to live. <laughs> <laughs> that is just one of those things that's like, man, I think I can make it another 10 years. Hey, man. I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm. Trippy, man. And. Anyway, I, I slippery sloped all the way down to uh, Jerry yeah. Lewis's The Day the Clown Cried. Um, hey, so that's that's what we want. We want uh, like a free flowing conversation that can go wherever it may. Yeah, and it's it's only taken three episodes for us to get to this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, come along, children, follow me. It'll be safe. Let's do this. Right. Yes. <laughs> Oh, we were already. I know. Well, we've already started talking about movies and stuff. Did you? Was there any uh, other movies that you had purchased or or something recently or had seen recently? Um, I um that you'd like to talk hey, about. That, I mean, I would like to ask you about this. I was thinking about this. You know, you and I saw uh, the new Linklater film. Everybody wants some. I guess it's been about two months ago that we saw that. Probably right. Maybe, right. Maybe. Maybe six weeks. I got the empty. With, I got the empty beer can to prove it. Me too. Uh, <laughs> and we saw that with Sierra and uh, another friend of ours, Trish the Dish, who used to be on Lube TV. Yes, she did. So yeah. And so, what did you think about? You know, uh, things like this don't really hit, didn't really hit me until Trisha said something about it. 
Um, okay. The there's a kind of a it's got a very predominantly male attitude about it. You know, I mean, it is a, a, a movie like Dazed and Confused about a group of guys in college or high school, right? Um, who are uh, stoners and athletes in this particular case, and you know. I guess Trisha felt that, and I shouldn't speak for her, but the female characters in Linklater's movies are kind of viewed by the male characters in his movies as uh, sexual objects. Um, I I think that's true early on in uh, Everybody Wants Some, but in toward the middle and the end, that there's a little more you know female empowerment. And strong female characters, well, particularly the uh, the 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 girl who's acting or pretending to be a dominatrix. Right, right. There, well, there's that girl, and then there's just the girl who's the actress who the main character kind of uh, falls in love with, or, or at least likes. Right, and um, has deep conversations with. But I guess. Right, and, but and I guess we should but, have said spoiler alerts coming, but. Um, well, that's not. That big of a spoiler, not big ones, yeah, but yeah, yeah but um, see, that's how I feel. I feel like the female characters in in Linklater movies are viewed by the male characters as sexual object objects. It's usually the male characters talking about how to get in their pants or date them or whatever, and or how they feel about them or whatever. But the female characters seem fully drawn to me. They aren't one dimensional. They and so and that's the part of the movie that's. I think in Dazed and Confused, and especially Everybody Wants Some, once the male characters get to know the female characters, they realize they're three-dimensional and real oh. people. And 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 in that way, it's very empowering and fe- and positive for females, in my opinion. Um, I, I, I think you, so. They aren't. They are they are viewed by the male characters as as sex objects, and and then the male characters, especially the ones who are more. You know, Linklater's characters are are interesting, intelligent, usually, and and I think it's cool that we get to see, although we see the females through their eyes in a certain way, the male characters come to feel like the female characters are are three dimensional and and uh, have depth and and um, are interesting and fully developed people and characters. I'd agree with that, and I I think I think that you see an evolution. And I, I guess you touched upon it. There is an evolution of the male characters being, and still probably being in a sort of high school mindset, and they slowly evolve over this, you know, period of time right before their college classes start, where they they do come to that conclusion that yeah, women are their equals, if not betters in some cases. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And um. Uh, so that's so it's always interesting to me when someone, you know, if you look at it on a real surface level, I think there's someone could make a case for the fact that maybe it's misogynistic, maybe it's it's a real frat boy mentality, etc. In Linklater's movies, it's definitely a male point of view, but uh, you know, I I think that's just on the surface when you really yeah. think about the female characters in his movies, and even Dazed and Confused, where they're kind of high school girls and they are just hanging out with the guys they're oh, interesting right. female characters sure like at the the uh, the moon tower uh, uh scene yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so 
I, you know, I I don't think of, of Linklater as being misogynistic at all, but I guess I could see where someone might feel that way, but um, I don't. <laughs> right. And I just wondered if you thought that way at all too. No, I, 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 think, I think I think he was he was shining a light on on those sorts of attitudes early, you know, in 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 particularly this film, but then kind of ex- expanding that, you know, this. This movie was not Animal House. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Animal House think, was yeah. hugely misogynistic. I mean, I, I still love the movie, but you have to admit that uh, uh, Animal House was... You've never seen Animal House? I yeah. haven't. Don't tell anyone. Be- because, Don't because, tell anyone, man. But, it, but if you think about it, it's, it's, it's kind of like the... <laughs> It's like the Mad Men of, of college experience because it took place in the you know the sixties, so that's right. what you would expect. The I guess the early sixties, right, right. so where misogyny was at its height. I would say yes, late fifties, early sixties for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I ha- you know it's funny. There's a list of about twenty movies that most people my age have seen over and over and consider favorites that I've never seen. Um, and it's just been, just didn't see them when they came out and have just never had a chance to really see them. Uh, Animal House is one, the Blues Brothers. I've never actually seen all of Ghostbusters. Wow. Um, so, okay. Yeah, there's, so you, so you there's weren't, you weren't kind movies. of, yeah. Goonies, I've never seen Goonies. Oh, um, <laughs> dude, you man, you gotta see every I, one of those. I know, right? I bet you've never well, seen Caddyshack either. I've actually seen Caddyshack. I have. Okay. I like Caddyshack. All right. But I think too, there's a there's a uh, We're there's thanks a for nothing. Okay. There's a, okay, there's a real. <laughs> did somebody step on a duck? There's a real. Um, that's my favorite joke. Hey, there's I bet real... I bet you get a bowl of soup with that hat. Hey, it looks good on you. <laughs> uh, I think I'm afraid now if I watch them like you know people built up a Dumb and Dumber I hadn't seen it and people just kept going on and on about it so I, I mean I I, it, I don't know when Dumb and Dumber came out but it was at least 10 years after it came out before I saw it and people had just raved and raved and gone on about how great it was and of course when I saw it I was like this is the biggest stupidest piece of shit I ever saw right I mean <clears throat> if if you're into if you're into scat humor, it's it's your movie, you know. But uh, it's great, yeah. Otherwise, well, I think it yeah. just got built up so much, you know, that it's a it's a fun movie for a lot of people. But it's like it just got built up so much that uh, there was no way it was going to live up to the hype that I'd heard for ten years about this movie. And that's what I'm afraid of with like Animal House or or Blues Brothers, um, is that no. yeah, I'll watch it and I'll be like, Blues Brothers is. It, it it's a classic, Animal House. I, I I think it hasn't aged very well. But there there could be some people who'll write in. What the hell are you talking about? That's the greatest know, right? comedy ever made. Uh, right. Yeah, I think it's funny too that I'm like I've seen all these movies. I had a website about movies. I love movies. I I know you know I talk about movies all the time. And there are these clearly defined movies that are important to people of our age that I just haven't that I just haven't seen. Didn't didn't see him. Yeah, it's just okay. kind of missed out on them. Yeah. Have you seen you Stripes? Know, I saw Kramer versus Kramer. I have not seen Stripes. Boo. <laughs> I know, right? It seems to be all of those 
Saturday Night Live kind of Bill Murray. But, you know, I've seen Meatballs, and I've seen – I saw, saw Caddyshack, well, and I've seen uh, a lot of 80s movies like that. You, you, saw, you saw Meatballs because of Chris Makepeace. Well, you know, <laughs> right? And, and why wouldn't you? Chris Makepeace. <laughs> Well, he was such He's a, a he was I've such seen, a likable character. How could you not like Chris Makepeace? How could you not like Chris Makepeace? I saw him in what was the my about a bully? Uh, what's the movie? My uh, bodyguard. my bodyguard. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. I, I remember that. seeing that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, another one I haven't seen that I because we didn't have cable till I got older. I've never seen Eddie and the Cruisers. Oh, really? Have you ever, I've yeah. only, I think I've it's only just, seen it once, and it was in the theater years ago. Really? That's one of the. Remember yeah. that movie? Actually, um, they you know it's it came out when HBO and Showtime and those movie channels really started being a big deal, and people would have them uh, right. er- all over early the 80s. country. Yeah, yeah, mid eighties maybe. Okay, um, right. And um, so Eddie and the Cruisers was a movie that got popular because it, Showtime or HBO or somebody show would show it and showed it like a thousand times. And uh, it started getting this hype about it, and then uh, they actually re-released it to theaters after that, um, after it had been on cable, wow. um, because uh, there there were people who didn't have cable and hadn't seen it, and then uh, the themes the on the dark side song became uh, hit because it was on cable. Wow, I I don't think I I remember that history. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of those ones I remember when everyone had cable and we didn't. That they were like, "Have you seen Eddie and the Cruiser?" <laughs> no, we don't have cable. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're breaking, we had black you're and white TV my heart until over I here. was old. We had black and white TV until I was actually pretty old. I think until I was 18 or 17. Wow. Well, yeah. actually, TV looks better in black and white. Well, old movies do. That's for sure. Well, that's true. Okay. <laughs> So, HR Puffin's yeah, HR rem- Puffin stuff, not so much. Yeah, you want color for that. <laughs> you want color for for HR Puffin stuff. I mean, sure you do. Witchy and, poo and, in black and white is <laughs> no, that's that's bullshit. Or or Lidsville. Oh ho ho. Oh oh Lidsville. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a great show, man. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw that show until you showed me. Oh, that uh, a VHS tape. It. Yeah. Of, of Lidsville, I don't, I don't think I remember that from, yeah, from I mean, when I was a kid. It was the same damn story as H.R. Puffin stuff, basically. Basically, but yeah. with lids, with but with hats, with with that with a land was, of land of living hats. That's Lidsville. That's Lidsville, man. <laughs> did it? It had a did it? It had a theme song. Too. Was it Butch Patrick in Lidsville? Yes. Oh my God! It was Butch Patrick. That was his. Wow. Um, that was his first gig after doing Munsters, right? I think so. Yeah. Yep. He didn't have a widow's peak. It, he had kind of a mop top. If he had mem- a mop top, well, if, you know, if memory serves. I do believe you're right. We all had mop tops in the seventies, though. Sure. All as young boys. I had a whisk broom. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I, I don't know what that means at all. No. Ah, I just thought Lidsville. it sounded funny. Yeah. Sigmund the Sea Monster. All yes, those with Johnny Sid Whitaker. Right. Yes. Wow. All t- those Sid and Marty Croft shows. Damn, we went off on a tangent just talking about black and we white did. TV. <laughs> we went. We went from 
from uh, Chloe Savini giving head to Vincent Gallo all the way down to Sigmund the Sea Monster. Right. That's uh, <laughs> that is a slippery slope. We did. It's a we slippery did slope right there. Hell yeah! yeah all that, I think so too. all that damn seaweed. I think so too. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> all that algae. I'm um, telling you. So, hey, did you have an oblique strategy for this week? Oh, that's right. I almost forgot. For this episode? Yes. It's time for... Oblique Strategies of the Week. Did you hear an echo? Oh, yes. Yeah, no. What? Didn't hear an echo? Why, were you talking into a, were you talking into a mug or something? No, I, I adjusted the one of the features on my voice meter here. Ah, I must not hear that. I must not hear that on my end. Okay, well, we'll we'll see if it if it, if it made out uh, on the <laughs> on the recording later. <laughs> okay. Or if you have to add it later. So, do you want to hear uh, our oblique strategy of the week? Yes. And I've got I've got them right here. They're in my hot hands. Oh. And if I uh, if they if they weren't in my hand, would I be able to do this? No, I wouldn't. So there you go. Oh, okay. Did, did you hear that? Oh, excuse me. Sorry, I had too many beans. <laughs> no, that was me shuffling nah. the cards. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm going to pick one out at random here. So everybody, if you're having a uh, creative dilemma right now and are trying to get out of it, we're going to give you this card and see if it maybe gets your mind thinking in a different way. So here's the oblique strategy of the week. Here it is, man. Abandon normal instructions. There it is. Abandon, Abandon normal, normal instructions. Instructions. Yep. So by by um, extrapolation, we can get uh, adopt abnormal instructions. Yes. <laughs> huh. That's, is that one of the original oblique strategies from the 70s? Or whenever uh, those came out? Th- those no, th- this is the fourth, again, revised and more universal edition. Ah, because really, abandon normal instructions. Doesn't that just mean think outside the box? I, I'm i afraid so. <laughs> yeah, that one, that's kind of a... But I, li- I don't, I, I don't I like, know... I like that better than saying think outside the box. I like abandon normal well, instructions. Abandon but I mean, mm, yeah, I guess it could be know. interpreted as that. I don't know that that's that seems, but you know, okay. You they can't all be winners, second. folks. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they get well. I I think I just just mumbling because I didn't know what to say. They can't oh. all be winners, you know. Well, it might be <laughs> that might be a winner to somebody who's listening to us right now. So we're telling you, well, you that 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 person right there. I see you sitting there listening to this. You might be at work right now listening to this, and you're wearing a blue shirt. And you're in a quandary. And I'm telling you, abandon normal instructions. Adopt abnormal instructions. <laughs> Think outside the box. <laughs> Think outside the box. <laughs> All right. Well, I think if you listen to this show and you've made it through two and three-fifths episodes or however far we are, that uh, you, you probably already are a person who thinks outside the box. That's probably true. Especially you, if you, yeah. you've put up with put up with us for two episodes, and now you finally got your payoff. Well, there you go. <laughs> and there's and there's your payoff right there. <laughs> there it is. Congratulations. 
Here's your bowl of gruel. <laughs> I don't know what that ah, means. Well, oh, I don't. I don't either. I, I think. Um, I think we're getting. We, we, we've got into a rhythm. We've we've had some fun today. Yeah, it's been a fun. Uh, it's been a fun show. Yeah. Hey, you know how we were talking about. Uh, uh, I, I mentioned to you the um, theme music that we have for the show. Yes. And we talked about playing that theme music on the first episode. I haven't heard the second one, but it must be the same. On the first and second episode, you play the song and then we start talking, right? Well, that's true. Yeah. So we're going to try maybe on some future episodes or maybe even this episode to have the theme music come in and then kind of kind of uh, fade a little bit and we're going to have right. some talking over it until It'll it be ends. Our, yeah, right. Our voice will be overlapping or the the music will be underlapping. The <laughs> What's going right. on? It's a, it's a minor tweak. I, it's just something. And I, but the, the, yeah, I think, it, I think it'll sound interesting. Yeah. Kinda, it kind of leads you into the show, you know? And Absolutely. then I think, too, at the end, can't you, can't you kind of start it towards the end of the show and then fade it up and then, uh, it, you know, it'll end the show... Yes, we you know, can do kind that. Of a, kind of a a ramp in and a ramp out. Right. So now, since you so, mentioned that, I think we need to give a shout out to the band, and uh, I'll let you uh, clue the listeners into who that band is and what the name of the song is. Well, the band is called Deserters, not the Deserters, just Deserters. Deserters. And the song is called called yeah Deserters, as in someone who deserts the army or or deserts. Something you mean, the like going AWOL or something? Yes, which happens to be the name of the song. <laughs> amazing. So amazing. It's funny how that all falls right into place. Yep, wow. the song is called AWOL, A W O L. And yes. the desert, uh, so the Deserters were a band. That album came out in like 1981. It was on Capitol Records. I yeah. believe they had one other album after that. I believe they're from Australia, but I could be wrong. Um, uh, but that song, uh, when I was in college and had a radio show in college, yeah. I used that song as I had a show called Critics' Choice, which is a horrible name for a show. <laughs> but it, it, it's it started out it was going to be me kind of playing music that I really liked, and the college radio station I went to was very constricted and. Uh, it was not free form like most college radio. The good thing was they taught you how to really get a job in radio, but the bad thing was nice. it was very it was very constricted and very regulated and and um, we played like adult contemporary music and country and oh. um, so they, they you restricted you to what kind of music that you could play. Oh yeah, and it was all pre-programmed. Um, so it was done just so that what was cool was it was done pretty much just like a real radio station uh -huh. does things. Um, so it was they really taught you, you know, you could go out and get a job in radio after you after you worked there. Um, but it was also, okay. you know, wasn't so much fun sometimes if you wanted to do your own thing. Um, so you so had to suffer the, in order to learn. Right. <laughs> So one of the things I tried to do to work around that was to have a show called – to have an hour-long show that they let me do called Critics' Choice where I just kind of played music I liked that wasn't necessarily uh, the music we played all the time but was also – wasn't hard rock or – or you know crazy punk or anything it was you know off album cuts of of uh 
bands that you know you know like maybe just a song by hollow notes that wasn't really one of their hits or whatever but then it then it devolved into a top 10 show and then at one point we i played just whole albums um you know so you could hear someone's new album and then at another point i did the top it was a top 10 show so yeah my big coup when i was in college radio was i actually interviewed the band kansas when they uh over the phone uh when they had a new album out that was one of their lesser known more more horrible albums oh no (laughs) whatever that whatever their album was in 1982 that was the whatever that was the one i don't even remember what it was called and i don't have a copy of that tape and i wish i did but definitely you got to interview kansas come on yeah yeah that's that's something there wasn't it was cool uh it was it was cool for the time um Absolutely. But yeah, the, so the, that Deserter song was the theme song to my show, Critics' Choice. Um, and, and so here it is many years later, and it's the theme song for our yeah. podcast until yeah. we get a cease and desist. <laughs> yes. Or what we can do is tell people, go to iTunes and purchase <laughs> an, uh, yeah. a Deserter's album, uh, a Deserter's Absolutely. group of tracks. Or at least this song. Yes, Anything. and um, their their you know their their records are. I don't think their their two albums were ever released on CD, so they're out of print. So if you can find something by Deserters, you will have found something fairly rare. Another reason Ooh. to check it out. Well, there you are. Yeah. Wow. So I'm excited. It's really cool for me to have that as the theme song. I'm glad that you're excited that it's going to be the theme. <laughs> that it's the theme song. <laughs> fun it's certainly fun i think uh we've we've been talking for about an hour now here lodger yeah i think so i mean I think we and, should wrap it up yeah and i'm not talking about the 20 minutes or so of you know just us gabbing this uh we've actually mm-hmm. hit it so yeah i think so wow lodger this was a, a great episode i think we had a lot of fun I here i enjoyed it I hope I our had a good time. I hope our viewers uh, enjoyed it as well, and so uh, we will. Uh, or our listeners, I don't know what they're looking at. But oh, they're... yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's old habits. Old habits Damn die it. hard, man. I'm telling you. I Still... thought I thought better you apologize now than next episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, no more apologies until I receive a hundred pieces of email <laughs> excoriating yes. me for some. <laughs> transgression <laughs> so uh, it'll happen oh i'm sure it will so uh we're gonna get out of here and uh, y'all have a great rest of your day so slide so on listening yes slide on in next week to another edition of a slippery slope lodger what's your catchphrase yeah. what's your exiting catchphrase uh, oh god oh is it Lodger Out and Proud? Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>